I'm Ben Forrid. I'm Polly Gill. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. Created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. everyone and welcome to another episode of Chordscast. As always, my name is Ben Forrid and I'm glad that you've tuned in today. We are wrapping up another busy year in the Chords Registry. We've seen a lot of growth over the course of this year and I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the majority of that growth didn't come through interactions with many of you. And so if you are a participant in our registry, uh, if you are a member of a patient advocacy group that we partner with, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do for the rare disease community and to help us connect uh, researchers with patient data uh, to accelerate treatments into rare diseases. Of course, also from the CORDS team, uh, I'd like to extend a warm holiday wishes to you and your family during the holiday season. Now, in this episode of CORDSCAST, we, uh, we've taken a little bit of a different approach to it this, this time. We are focusing this episode on, um, on a group called NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And you might be asking yourself, Ben, why are you doing a CORDSCAST episode on mental illness? Well, it turns out that, uh, that the mental illness, especially depression and anxiety, often go hand in hand with receiving a rare diagnosis. This episode is really just highlighting a lot of the work that's, that NAMI does. Uh, Alyssa and Polly sat down with Wendy Gibbink and Mallory Klauchek from the South Dakota chapter of NAMI. Um, that's where we're based, but there are chapters in every state, I believe. And so you can um, you know, reach out to them. If you do feel like you are struggling with mental illness, uh, please seek help. Um, one of the great things that um, that Wendy says towards the end of the episode is a, a, a great message about finding hope and um, the, the healing powers that come through hope. So I hope that you get a lot out of this episode, especially if these are things that affect you in your life and, uh, and are part of um, your overall health picture. Uh, enjoy! Welcome. We're here for another episode of the Chords Cast. I'm with Polly Gill. She is our newest member here to the Chords team. And then also joining us today is Wendy Giebink and Mallory Klocek yeah, with yes. NAMI. So they're going to tell us a little bit more about NAMI. And I'm just really excited to hear about this organization. 
so first off, can one of you tell me what is NAMI? What does it stand for? Sure, that's the best question to start with. <laughs> NAMI stands for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and it's a grassroots organization, the largest mental health grassroots organization in the country. Um, was started in 1979, wow. and we have affiliates. Um, we have state organizations and local affiliates across the country. And um, what we do is we provide peer-led and peer-driven supports, education, and advocacy for people living with mental illness. And um, as you know, mental health conditions are very uh, prevalent nowadays. One in mm -hmm. every five Americans lives with a mental health condition. Wow. And so many times they are co-occurring with other types of illnesses or disorders as well. And um, sometimes they might even go unnoticed because mm -hmm. people are dealing with um, with other issues. But we know that mental health is so super important for everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, we want to be part of that. Our national organization also is involved in supporting research and advocacy on the national level as well. Wow. So now when you say one in five Americans has mm -hmm. a mental condition, are, are you including depression and anxiety in that? Right. Depression and anxiety are, are the most common uh -huh. mental health uh, conditions, but um, um, over 12 million adults live with a serious mental illness as well, such as schizophrenia okay. or bipolar disorder or major depressive disorder. So um, there's kind of a spectrum, if you will, mm -hmm. of, of um, severity, and um, people can... Their, their symptoms can wax and wane throughout the course of their life as well. And so... Sure. Um, but we just know it's very, very common. So, you know, every family um, is touched by mental illness in mm -hmm. some way. And um, it's, but it's one of those um, issues that people have been reluctant to talk about mm -hmm. and reluctant to um, even seek treatment for. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, quite often people um, don't receive treatment for even up to 10 years after first experiencing symptoms. And if it was any other illness, we would you know, we would really say that's unacceptable. Right. Well, and, right. and it is unacceptable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, the stigma is, is, is something that sometimes keeps people from um, reaching out to ask for help because they, they feel like they might be judged or misunderstood in some way. But also people just don't really understand um, mental illnesses and the symptoms can be very confusing. And we are just now learning um, some of the mysteries of the brain. And so, right. um, you know, it's, it's an evolving field. Um, and we just really hope that by bringing attention and talking about our symptoms, our family members, you know, our, our life experiences, that we can help normalize mm -hmm. that conversation and, and help people say, you know, it would be a good idea to reach out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person dealing with this. And um, there is treatment out there, and treatment's effective. And so if I can make my life better, um, that's something I want to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what we really encourage. That's great. That's great. So you mentioned, too, that a lot of these conditions, there's coexisting things going on. Would you say that it's the mental health condition, too, but also is it illnesses and diseases that you're seeing a lot of it, or is it just two separate mental health conditions going on at the same time? Well, it can be both, I both? guess. Yeah. You know, sometimes people have uh, maybe have a diagnosis of depression, but they also have an, an anxiety disorder. Okay. You know, you can have uh, several different diagnoses um, at one time. But, you know, I think 
um, certainly we see that um, mental health conditions are associated with with other illnesses and other disorders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and one of the things I, I have, you know, my husband has a rare disease, okay. and um, there's that struggle between, um, you know, the mental health aspect of it too. Of we're we're going and we're we're. Um, being a part of like the doctors and the diagnoses and, but those are only, you know, appointments that are made, you know, once every few months. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's this support area or this mental health kind of portion of, um, of that too, where, you know, we seek out like-minded people or people that are going through the same things that we're going through and we're able to talk about it. And we're able to talk about some of those other things where, um, you know, there's moments where depression is more prevalent than, mm-hmm. than some days. And then there's, then there's really good days. And then we, we talk about those days too. And, and we're encouraged to talk about it because that, um, you know, it can sometimes like, uh, we can minimize those kind of things. And, um, we found in our household that if we can talk about even those little things, it really kind of helps the overall attitude of how we really go about some of these bigger you know, overarching things that we have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, with NAMI, we, we do uh, a great job with just offering that support and offering just that, um, you know, those resources that are available. So in between the doctor's appointments, we can connect to other people, whether we have the same thing going on or just different things, but it's the, the underlying mm-hmm. issue is we just want to talk about it so yeah. we can feel you know, just better inside, you know, where I can leave and I can go and I can go to bed and knowing like, this is just going to be a part of it and, and not feel like I have to, um, shield it from, from the rest of the world. Like I can, I have a place that I can talk about it with other people. And so, um, you know, with NAMI, we're not here to replace doctors or medical professionals. You know, we're here to offer that, that, that support and and that community so I like what you said there how you don't have to shield it from the rest of the world so if I'm you know a patient I'm some I'm someone suffering from a mental condition I come to NAMI walk me through the steps like what are you going to do for me if you could walk me through that process so it it kind of depends people come to NAMI from all different in all different ways Um, sometimes they might come to one of our events so for instance we in in South Dakota we have a walk every year Mm. the third Saturday in May and I'm thinking of one I'll, I'll give an example of a lady who um, heard about the walk and she had recently been diagnosed with um, with a mental illness and she thought well I'm just gonna go check them out right. you know, see what let's see what this is all about and um, people were very welcoming and she felt at home and she felt understood and she felt like she could even get some education while she was there because there were people sharing and and she you know she just felt really comfortable and so she started um, seeking out, you know, how could I get more involved? How could I find more things? And what she found was a support group mm-hmm. and started going to a support group and realizing that, hey, other people feel the same way that I do, have the same kinds of fears and anxieties about their condition and maybe are trying to learn more. And um, this community of supportive people really helped her to accept her illness and to, you know, go back and talk to her doctor and ask pertinent questions and learn more about her illness and eventually she became um, 
trained to be a support group facilitator herself. And then a couple of years later, she was, um, we sent her to um, the Washington, D.C. area to be trained as our uh, one of our state trainers to come back. And, um, you know, so coming just through, you know, curiosity, I guess, and then finding that supportive community of, of, uh, of people who helped her feel better and helped her heal mm-hmm. and um, help her stay in recovery. Um, so for a lot of people, that giving back piece is really important, mm-hmm. um, helping someone as you've been helped. So that's, you know, that's one, one, one trajectory, I guess. Other people might come in maybe as a family member who um, they just really need more education. If you, I can speak for my situation when my uh, daughter was diagnosed, um, I really felt kind of dismissed by the medical community where mm-hmm. they said, you know, just, just make sure she takes her medication mm-hmm. and comes to her appointments and everything. You know, you'll be fine. And I said, I need to be able to do more than that as a mom. I know mm-hmm. that I can play a role in helping my daughter um, get better and stay better. And um, I needed education. And so there are so many people in that um, in that boat where, you know, you have 15 minutes with the doctor and you really want to ask the, the questions that are most important, you know, about medications and things like that. But you have so many other questions that, right. that you, you have nobody to ask. Well, if you come to a um, family-to-family class or a NAMI basics class for parents, um, we'll walk you through everything from, you know, brain biology, what is happening in the mm-hmm. brain and what do these medications do and what are these therapies all about? Um, to communicating with your your loved one, your family member, to um, taking care of yourself and you know doing some self care, and then moving into advocacy. How can I help my family member, um, you know, live a better life or help my child um, um, have some accommodations in school mm-hmm. that will make uh, make things easier for them? Um, so so an education class might be another way mm-hmm. for people to come in. Um, it's really kind of individual. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned you do you have the walks, you have education classes. Are there any other types of services that you provide mm-hmm. clients? Sure. So we have um, education classes. We have support groups for people living with mental illness, support groups for family members. Um, we also have um, presentations. So we have a, um, a public presentation called Inner Own Voice where two adults that are living well in recovery will go and um and just present what you know what mental illness is like for them and how they've um, how they've recovered and how they're living now and what their hopes and dreams for the future are and that's very eye-opening for people because um, they sometimes we have this kind of stereotype in our minds that someone living with schizophrenia you know is not going to be able to be out in public mm-hmm. or hold down a job or you know be productive and then someone you know will come in and and, you know, oh, yes, by the way, I, I, I have this serious mental illness and, you know, I'm doing well. And it's, it's so eye-opening for people and also for people who maybe are having symptoms or have a mental illness on, on their own um, to say, oh, there's hope. Right. You know, I can get better. There's a light. Mm-hmm. And if they can do it, I can do it. I want to find out how they got better. So the public presentations are good. And then Mallory, um, we just hired her to work with um, a presentation for schools and that's that's really really important because we know that half of all lifetime mental illnesses begin before age 14 Mm -hmm. and three-fourths before age 24 so those young people are experiencing symptoms and parents teachers and students maybe don't recognize them or know what to do so would you talk about ending the silence yeah yeah Yeah. so um 
Ending the Silence is uh, a, a presentation we do for the students, the, the parents, and the teachers where we're able to go in and provide education and then provide resources and, you know, kind of just provide that introduction of, um, you know, this is what mental health is. This is what mental health conditions are, um, you know, warning signs and, and then just ways to, um, if there, if you do have a child or you yourself are struggling with some mental health conditions, um, you know, here are resources that are able to help. And it's a way for us to really start ending that stigma around mental health conditions, especially when it's geared towards our young people and, um, and how we can really start building that new generation of this is how we talk about mental health. And when we can, when we can reach each group, the, the students, the teachers, and the parents, uh, everybody's on the same page. So, mm -hmm. uh, so when we're home at the dinner table, the parents can talk to their kids about um, you know, what are you doing to help with your mental health today? And the, and the parent or the students can, you know, say that to the parents, what are you guys doing to I help like with that. your mm -hmm. mental health? And, and, um, and we, we just launched it a couple years ago. And then this year we've been able to really, um, vamp it up and, and reach the whole state with getting these presentations mm -hmm. into the schools. And, uh, with that, we've been able to maybe incorporate some new, uh, try to incorporate some new activities of, of uh, you know, if the teachers are wanting to know, well, how can I really bring this into the classroom? Mm -hmm. And and we have answers to that of this is how you can uh, take five minutes, ten minutes out of your class mm -hmm. and focus on mental health for just, you know, a small period of time and encourage them to use that in, in other areas of their mm -hmm. life. And, and the little things that we can do, because, you know, there's like Wendy said earlier, there's such a, a wide variety of mental health conditions that run from one extreme to another. And we want to touch on all of that. We want to touch on, yes, there are um, uh, mental health conditions that you need to make sure you get to your doctor and, and um, seek out that treatment plan so that early intervention is happening so you're not waiting 10 years and discovering that you've had this mental health challenge for a decade and mm -hmm. haven't been able to cope with, with any of it and, and um, really provide that guidance for them. And then also provide these little activities that we can do for everybody uh, that we, you know, just cause everybody has mental health and what can we do each and every day to help um, recognize that just like we, you know, we, we brush our teeth in the morning and we, you know, we have all these activities that help, you know, we're eating right. You know, another piece of that is, okay, let's, you know, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to focus on breathing and, mm -hmm. and, you know, how that's going to help ease that anxiety. And it, um, you know, it readjusts the brain to tame it instead of focusing on that, that flight or flight, mm -hmm. you know, it tames that stuff. And so we can, we can spend some of that talking, spend some of those um, moments with the students, with the parents, with the teachers presenting the, the information and then presenting ways that we can use that into in our everyday lives mm -hmm. in this really simple way. Mm -hmm. So it's it's been a great um, introduction to just the rest of how we can incorporate the rest of our programs in that too for the parents or for um, for the students of how they can just keep keep on this and continuing mm -hmm. this. And this is a, a kind of a great intro for us to really present like all these other things right. that you can do. So 
That's fantastic. So do you go into schools and are you talking to all of the students at one big presentation or do you do classes where parents can come in with their child and listen and get more information? Mm -hmm. However, we can, uh, we, we leave it up to the school. Um, we would prefer to do smaller, like smaller classes okay. or, you know, the mm -hmm. smaller the group, the better, because then it can be very intimate and mm -hmm. not so large and overwhelming. Um, however, the schools, they have, they're very structured. And so um, our presentations are 50 minutes and we, uh, NAMI designed it that way so we can be uh, easily uh, incorporated into their classroom schedule without any disruptions. Uh, we've had some schools that blocked off the whole afternoon for wow. us. And so we're either able to do multiple sessions or do very large groups or very large multiple session groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, some schools are do really fine with those type settings. And some schools you find, like, next time we would like to do, if you can arrange it, do smaller, okay. where okay. we do it class by class instead of mm -hmm. yeah. junior high and then high school. Yeah. And, and so um, whatever they can accommodate, we'll mm -hmm. be able to do. And then we found, too, that, um, you know, if parents are – at the student presentations, that's absolutely fine. Um, but we've had parent presentations where students have been present. present. And with the parent presentations, we, we do gear it for adults. So it's mm -hmm. a little bit, the language is a little bit different. Um, you know, we use um, examples that may not be appropriate for the students. And so we encourage the parents to come on their own. And, and if they can find a sitter or, if, you know, mm -hmm. The students just remain outside um, for that that period of time. That way, they have their full attention, and we're not talking about something that may not be ready for a student mm -hmm. to hear. So, mm -hmm. but with the students, we make it very age appropriate. Uh, we have a lot of videos, uh, and we do, um, and then we want to incorporate some fun activities. So then that way, they uh, they are fully aware of of what we're trying to say to them. So. And the most really the most impactful part of that presentation yeah, is yeah. not, you know, someone like me saying, well, here are the signs and symptoms and here's a slide. You know, we have to get that information across. So we try to do it in a in an entertaining way. But the but the best part of the presentation comes at the end when for 10 minutes um, a young adult who is living well with mental illness mm. tells their story and they can say, you know what? Uh, five years ago, I was sitting in that chair, mm -hmm. and I was struggling with this, and I didn't know how to get help, and I was afraid to ask, but this is what I did, and this is mm -hmm. this is how the, the things that helped me, and this is what I'm doing now. And so if you're feeling that way, um, you know, please reach out because there are people that can help you. And, you know, you can hear a pin drop in even the auditoriums oh, wow. when the young adult <laughs> is, is telling their story because it's it's just so powerful that, that kids can identify with them mm -hmm. and think, wow, okay, again, I'm not the only person. And mm -hmm. we've actually had kids say, I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never told anybody. Um, so it's just really, really powerful. And then again, to, to talk to the teachers. You know, teachers um, are with kids you know, for a good portion of the day. And they maybe have more influence sometimes than the parents do. Mm -hmm. And um, t kids will come to teachers even sometimes before they will come to a parent with, yeah. a, with an issue or a problem. And if the teacher has no idea what to say, 
no idea where to help that child find help, then that's a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. So um, we try to educate teachers, and they're so receptive. They want to have that knowledge to help students because that's that's what they're all about. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that's really covered in you know your teacher education curriculum. And yeah. so to have somebody just give you the tools to help your students is, is really um, something teachers are grateful for. So we're mm -hmm. obviously really excited about this program. It is not in every state yet, but it's, it's moving that way. So, um, you know, if, if people um, want to look up NAMI programs in their, in their state or their community, um, the national organization, um, and you can find them just at NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org, um, there's a Find Your NAMI um, mm -hmm. place where you can find the programs that are closest to you. And, um, you know, each local or state affiliate may have different programs. There are probably about 15 uh, different programs now. We do six and and kind of have our hands full here in oh. south dakota with uh -huh. six but um we're we're hoping to you know bring in some others as time goes on too so um there's just a lot of help out there for people mm -hmm. and you know even to go on the website and look up um your your condition or your medication or your treatment and find out um find it just more really factual and um trusted information, mm -hmm. science-based information. That's a really um, great source of information that, that you know, that you can trust. Um, and, and some of the things that you're afraid to ask, like, what do I do if my loved one has been arrested? Oh, sure. Or um, how do I help, um, you know, help bring my family together after a loved one has been hospitalized? Mm -hmm. You know, those types of questions that um, people maybe don't don't get help for mm -hmm. um, we've got online resources there's a there's a um, chat line there's chat rooms there's all kinds of things and then just you know local NAMI folks in your community um, are incredibly generous they 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 want to help they're there as volunteers there's no charge for any program that we deliver mm -hmm. at all there's no charge to anyone. There's a cost, <laughs> which is why we have to do things like walks to raise money mm -hmm. so that we can continue to train volunteers to lead these programs. But they don't get paid to do that. They do it because it's meaningful for them and they want to give back. So um, I just, you know, I'm humbled every day by the people that are willing to give of themselves and give mm -hmm. of, them time, of their time and tell their very personal stories mm -hmm. um, to help others. That's great. So you did say it is free for me. Like if I was a patient, I yep. could, everything Absolutely. is free, so no cost. Absolutely okay. no and cost. Then, and there is a NAMI chapter in every state? Um, that's the goal. I think there you know, there may be one or two right now where they're reorganizing. Okay. Um, but um, in general, um, that's the goal is to have, have NAMI in every state. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. You know, they can check out the website and find the NAMI that's closest to them. And even, you know, here in South Dakota, we have some folks that um, are closer to to us in Minnesota than they are to a NAMI, a NAMI group in, in their own state. And so they'll, they'll just cross the border and come over and, and, you know, in Iowa. And some of our folks go to North Dakota. And, you know, mm -hmm. we've, you know, um, it's perfectly fine. You can go to any NAMI um, program. 
um, you know, a for a class, there's a registration because we have to know how many materials to order and things like that. But um, support groups are always completely open, no registration required. Um, and the way we train our teachers and our support group facilitators and our presenters um, is the same in every state. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to a support group in Tennessee and then you go to a support group in Ohio, um, it should be the same type experience. Mm -hmm. um, you should feel very comfortable and familiar with the steps that happen in that support group because they should be the same mm -hmm. um, everywhere. And that, that, that fidelity thing helps to make sure that we're really delivering quality programs all across the country and that we know um, people are receiving the best we can give them. I love it. I'm a fan of NAMI already. I think, <laughs> awesome. I think there's so much to be said with sharing your feelings. I mean, there's so much healing and freedom that can come with expressing how you feel or what you're going through. And it sounds like that's exactly what you guys are here for, mm -hmm. is to help people to find that healing. And that's wonderful. Do you guys have any other closing remarks or things that you want to touch on? I guess for me, I would just, you know, we, we always help people know, like we've said, you're not alone, you're not mm -hmm. the only one, and that there is hope. Mm -hmm. um, hope has, in, in itself, has incredible healing powers. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you can um, find hope, build on hope, incorporate hope into your life, um, that's very healing. But um, sometimes because of the isolation um, that people experience with, with various illnesses and mental health conditions, they, they they can't see hope. And so um, try to hold on to that. Try to reach out mm -hmm. for it. And if you are a support person for someone with an illness, um, sometimes maybe you can hold their hope for them until, like they're, until they're ready mm -hmm. to, to hold it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so um, um, I just, for us, hope is a, is a really powerful thing, and it drives everything that we do. Mm -hmm. So we do have listeners from all over the country. So remind me one more time again, what is the national website where people could go to for more information? It's just nami.org, lowercase n-a-m-i.org. And um, be prepared to spend an hour or two um, <laughs> uh, perusing that website because there is just so much great information. That's good, good. Well, thank you, Wendy and Mallory, for taking time yeah. to sit down and talk with us today. Thanks really, for inviting us. Yeah, I appreciate having you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks so much for listening. The theme music for Chordscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes's song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry, Chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org slash chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Chordscast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Chordscast. <laughs>